Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. Good evening and welcome to BDPA iRadio. This is the first, excuse me, this is the second Tuesday of the month. And today is Tuesday, December 9th, 2014. We have a very exciting... ...is Dr. Tyra Oldham. She is Chief Executive Officer of Land SDS. Our second guest is Eric Dorch, Midwest Region Director of National BDPA. And our third guest is Michael Wolf. Vice President of Midwest Region National BDPA. So as I've been informed, this is a Midwest BDPA show. Our co-hosts this evening are none other than Timothy Ebutt and Ronald C. Story. So I am your host, Fran McNeil, and I am going to turn the show over to Timothy, who is going to introduce our first guest. Thank you, Fran. Dr. Tara Oldham is the Chief Executive Officer of Land SDS. He's a systems engineer, analyst, intelligence, and sustainability professional. Dr. Oldham will be presenter with BEPA on the topic Smart Grid Changing Technology. Smart Grid intersects the electrical grids digital information, and communication for efficiency and security. Dr. Oldham will share her insights of her workshop presentation with us. Welcome. Thank you so much, and I'd like to say to all the listeners, happy holidays. Thank you, Dr. Oldham. This is Ronald Story, and I'll be handling the first part of the um, interview. And uh, welcome, and thank you for coming on board with BDPAI Radio this evening. I'm welcome uh, and happy to be here. Thank you so much. Well, BDPA as an organization has been around for several years, as a matter of fact, a couple of decades. Uh, how did you first find out about BDPA? And, Dr. Odom, what has kept you involved? I first found out about BTA, uh, BPA, um, excuse me, BDPA, um, through a colleague and friend, uh, Erica Rice, who has been in the communications business for over 20 years, and she introduced me to the organization, and from that moment, uh, I've been involved um, as as a member and now as a presenter. Great. In terms of your service to BDPA, uh, what accomplishment are you most proud of? Uh, when you ask me that question, 
I guess what I'm most proud of is the topic that we're going to talk about today and just trying to bring new evolving information to the organization because I believe all the members can play a role in the new innovation and technology um, optimization that is happening and occurring across the world. And so I think, you know, talking about smart grid and just not about smart grid, about smartening up um, our our operations, our infrastructure is important to BDPA and its members. And so if, if I was asked what is my most important um, contribution, I would say that. Okay, great. Great. When we look at LAN SDS, uh, what are some of your key responsibilities as Chief Executive Officer? Well, if you know anything about small businesses, I have many duties. So I am I wear many hats uh, from sales, development, and leadership. But what keenly I am responsible for is really finding the solutions for today's leaders, organizations, and businesses through really managing change, information, and developing sustainable outcomes for these organizations and for my clients. And so really what is really important to me besides the roles that I play is to continue to learn and to be abreast of new technologies and information so that I am able to deliver strategic uh, information and opportunities to my clients. Okay. Could you share with our audience an example of one of the solutions that you've provided for a client? Uh, yes. Um, one opportunity and one thing that we deliver is research. So I have delivered research for clients on natural gas, on um, on smart grid, on energy um, developments, so that they are aware of opportunities they can diversify, um, create a vertical, and seize on the opportunities with inside of the businesses that they have. Uh, other things that we do is running projects for people. We've run national campaigns and projects for, for companies and organizations, helping them really develop, hone their strategy, implement the resources, professional tools that they need to develop a successful and sustainable project in the short term and long term. Okay. So you had mentioned that that involves smart grid technology, and and that's one of the areas we wanted to touch upon this evening. And you're preparing for a presentation at the BDPA uh, conference on smart grid technology. can you share um, some of those uh, areas that you will be speaking on in that presentation? Well, some of the areas we really talked about um, is really providing the the beginning information of what is smart grid. Even though people talk a lot about smart grid and and this form of technology, it's not as well and wide known as as we would hope it would be. Um, so when we talk about it, we really need to talk about the data and the analytics behind it and the predictive solutions that are coming about. So when we look at, you know, the, the Internet of all things, smart grid is a part of that. How do we create an infrastructure that is responsive, that is efficient, that optimizes the resources within their cities or states, to look at the microgrids as well as the larger expansive grid to really figure out how we can optimize the energy solutions that a city may have. That's inclusive of its solar, um, nuclear. It's inclusive of all of the forms of energy um, that is possible. And when we think about smartening or smart grid, we really need to think about smartening the grid as well because that's where people – are responsible and can contribute innovation to that process. 
from data analytics to creating innovation to figuring out ways to make cities much more efficient in their optimization. And if we think about, when we talk about and we think about climate change and all these other occurrences that are evolving and continue to, to shape our cities, um, from natural disasters to just the fact that we, from weather changes from spring to fall and winter, cities must be responsive to those things. So smart grid is a part of that. How do we continue to maintain our resources uh, in challenging times as well as abundant times where things are reaching capacity? Okay, you mentioned uh, managing all the resources. Uh, can you can't share an example with regard uh, to either the, um, let's say, a local government or even an individual? Yes. Um, for example, in the Midwest region, we have the Metropolitan Sewer District. We have Duke Energy or uh, different forms of energy um, companies. And those companies have to think of ways to maintain water resources, um, the electric grid, and they're all interconnected because if there's a flood, um, when we have a flood, there is the opportunity for electrical failure. There's the opportunity for flooding of our systems. So what do cities or municipalities do to prevent that? Um, they are responding by using technology to, to look at flow, to look at um, grid capacity, to look at breaches, to even look for cities to even start to look at, and they're not starting, but to continue to look at um, acts of vandalism, things that could reduce the power structure in an area. So all these, these are just snippets of things that I could say, and it goes in much more detail, but these are things that are considered on a day-to-day -day basis as we think about our infrastructure. Mark, grid changing technology. Yes. So, so when we look at uh, the, what would be, you know, if we look at the average, um, the average user, what uh, now? What I say, knowledge or activities could the the average citizen contribute to to to, to understanding or, well, let's say, being energy conscious. With regards to, uh, to 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 the technology or to smart grid. Well, I think uh, a lot of that opportunity is really at first understanding what your um, kind of looking at your own internal supply chain, what your ecosystem mm -hmm. looks like, how much of how much do you use as it relates to energy? How can that energy be more effective? Um, so is is that how can you offset some of that energy that you use? Could you add solar grids or solar solar panels to your home? Could you use rainwater um, capturing to offset some of the rainwater flow and use that as a as a resource? So it's really understanding and starting to understand your own home or your own business, what your facility looks like, how it relates to the environment, and really looking at your own footprint is really the first start of that. Then when we start to think and, and think a little bit more about it, what are other ways that you can add to your home or facility to reduce that footprint? So one of those things is, and, and I, I don't want to use any companies, for example, but there are certain companies out there that are, are providing ways that you can engage with your, your smartphone to turn mm -hmm. off your lights, 
to make sure that you are uh, engaging with your home or your business for security purposes. Uh, you can look at buying um, uh, uh, I can't believe I can't think of it right now, <laughs> but you can look at buying energy-saving types of, of equipment. For your, for example, your refrigerator is one thing that you can buy for energy-saving. Uh, so there are different ways that you can start to engage. And if you, and I don't want to always say that you have to buy things. So if you want to, even if you, if your budget is somewhat strapped, and uh-huh. you want to smarter in this process? How can you recycle more? How can you think about just turning off the lights, even if you don't have a way to use your smart, you know, your smartphone to engage with your lighting systems, but turning off your lights when they're not needed, uh, making sure that you're understanding how you can maximize the energy that you're using. Um, that could be just unplugging some things. I, what I do at home is always unplug things that I'm not using. I'm plugging the toasters. I'm plugging my coffee maker when I'm not using them. So it's just being a little bit more efficient. It's also being more uh, responsive, and it's also being smarter ourselves about how we use things. Also a part of that could be in your transportation. Could you buddy up and, and to go to work? Um, could you ride a bike and go to work? And I don't want to be um, for some people to say, "Oh my goodness, I, you know, I, I, my workplace from my home is 20 miles, and there's no way I'm getting on a bike." Understandably, but how mm-hmm. can we be more fuel efficient? So it's I'm not trying to make people be tree huggers, um, but it's just a way of thinking. It's a way of adapting new thoughts, uh, and that's when you say when you use that my title, smart grid changing technology. It is change technology changes us as we change technology ourselves. So it is a loop process, and we must continue to evolve with inside of that so that we are smarter citizens. Okay. Excellent. I, I, I just wanted to drill down a little bit where the um, average citizen as well could look at what they're doing in, in, in their footprint to, to mm-hmm. engage in, in, in smart grid technology and the, the ways in which they can, can conserve uh, the, their energy usage and become more aware of it. In our remaining time, can you share with us uh, a lesson that you would like to share with our BDPA iRadio audience um, as well as a final thought? I, I think what I always talk about a nexus of things, um, showing the connectivity of things. So I think for BDPA members is to really think about what can be a connection, what do you do in your ordinary life or your day-to-day life or your creative life um, or your business life that can bring changes to your own environment, that can impact uh, our infrastructure, our efficiency or use of resources, or even helping people to identify constraints or gaps that they may have that are preventing innovation or idea management or even a better society. So that's one thing that I can share that anyone can do or choose to do. I think another part of that is continuing to remain at pace with the technology that is being developed, and I know that is very challenging um, when we have companies that are developing great innovations um, versus those are very small. But in between that spectrum, we all have a role to play in the advancement of technology, thinking about smartening technology and how we play a role. So that's bringing intelligence um, to the intelligence age and to understand how we can occupy that space within our own, our own homes, our children, our families, 
um, and in our businesses each day. Oh, and I don't know if that great. really answered the question you were asking me, and if so, I can respond uh, in a different way. Well, you actually shared, you know, what connections uh, that, that individuals could bring to changes in uses and resources or efficiency, um, becoming more aware of that. Uh, that's excellent uh, with regards to, what, you know, sharing that final thought with, with our audience. Uh, so I'd like to thank you uh, for, 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 the, for sharing and, and participating uh, this evening with our iRadio audience. Uh, again, we had Dr. Tyra, Tyra Odom, Chief Executive Officer of Land, SDS. Uh, again, thank you, Tyra, and just uh, hang in there. And uh, we have a couple others on, on this evening that uh, we would um, um, be able to share with our audience, uh, a couple of other of our guests. Thanks again, Dr. Odom. And thank you for having me. And, again, I will say happy holidays to everyone and start being smarter about our lives. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, so seeing that there's not an ad coming up right now, uh, we'll – Gear up for our next guest. Eric Dorsch is the Midwest Regional Director for BDPA. He's serving in his third consecutive year as leader of BDPA Midwest Region, Midwest Region Director for National BDPA. He's also an IT business systems analyst with WellPoint. Eric can share his assessment with us tonight about the recently concluded 2014 BDPA Technology Conference that was held in Indianapolis, Indiana, the BDPA Midwest region. Eric will share his perspective on BDPA's mission to help advance the careers of its members to the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. Good evening and welcome, Eric. Eric should be on the line. Yes, I'm here. Oh, good evening, Eric. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening uh, for our iRadio audience. Again, we have Eric Dwight, the BDPA Midwest Region Director uh, for the National BDPA. Uh, Eric, and you've been involved with BDPA for this year with our audience uh, for the list of time that you've been involved in, and in, in, in what has kept you involved. Uh, well, uh, hello, everyone. Good evening, everyone, and I appreciate you having me on iRadio tonight. Uh, I first got immersed with BDPA around, I would say, around 1999-2000 uh, when I was uh, an, an automation engineer for Hewitt Associates, which is now Aon Hewitt. Um, at that particular time, I was just uh, serving as uh, a faithful member but not grossly engaged uh, any any type of responsibility or task within the organization. Uh, I didn't start uh, getting uh, really involved, I would say, probably until uh, around 2002 or so. And from there, that's when uh, I would say the IT bug for BDPA really um, bit me and just been a, a fun ride ever since then. 
uh, like the IT buds to BDPA. Uh, in, in the Midwest region, do do you uh, engage in the BDPA hug? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's uh, that's one that's one thing I could say is you know uh, I've been part of a lot of you know uh, collegiate organization, high school organization, and team camaraderie. You know, BDPA is just one big family. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we have uh, a sound focus and purpose, and that's to position, you know, high school students and adults for success, you know, those that want to get more engaged into IT. And, you know, when you have, when you're in the leadership role, you might have a lot of disagreements, but we had come to agree to disagree, and then at the end of the day, we're just one big family. Oh, excellent. So, so when you look at the, your involvement over the past, 12 or so years, uh, there's been some achievements, some, some win-wins. Uh, what accomplishments are you, you most proud of? I guess, uh, you know, that's that's a very good question and kind of a tough one uh, because I've been on both sides of the coin, not only from a national aspect but from a local. I guess mm-hmm. the one thing that I can say that the, um, the most uh, proudest accomplishment is watching um, some of our uh, HSCC student, which is the high school uh, computer competition individuals, uh, you know, uh, immerse themselves as technology leaders by developing their own entrepreneur uh, organizations and become very successful, and also, you know, reaping the harvest of their work and getting, you know, collegiate funds in order to really uh, build out their professional and personal brand. So, you know, and one gentleman that comes, well, a couple of them that come to mind, and that's Trey Dickerson and uh, Lee Reed, both of those individuals I will call, you know, IT superstars that came out of the Chicagoland area, um, which definitely is in the Midwest. So, you know, those two guys uh, really put uh, the IT baller uh, logo uh, into technology. Okay, the IT baller logo. I can look that up, huh? IT Baller logo. Well, I, I, I can't. I can't take credit for that. I have to give all credit to Roland Martin because when he came to our conference, he said that you know everybody has a bling bling, but you know you guys, you know, and ladies are IT ballers. You know what? What? What more can you say? Is you know have your your, your technology logo there and just be ballers. Tell your story. So yeah, you know we're ballers. <laughs> Definitely. Which transcends to making it understandable for for more uh, youth and other young professionals to engage in IT um, as a profession and as a career. Uh, that, that's 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 excellent, you know. In the sense that uh, I know when I came up in it, you know, nerdism wasn't didn't look wasn't looked at as being cool, but uh, to, to be a nerd is, is, is to be to be cool at it, to be professional at it, and then in some some cases would say to be smooth and just added another spin to be an IT baller. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, 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 that's pretty cute with that. Okay. So Absolutely. I want to look at your career and uh, the responsibilities as an IT business uh, systems analyst. Um, you had mentioned uh, um, uh, prior to uh, WellPoint, um, your, 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 your career and then transitioning into to, to WellPoint. Um, share with me again, um, I lost a little bit. Uh, who, 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 prior to WellPoint, uh, what organization were you with? Well, prior to WellPoint, I was with uh, the other big uh, 
healthcare industry, which was uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Illinois. They have multiple state plans. And prior to that was uh, HSBC, which is now Capital One, and um, Hewitt Associates. Um, you know, I change I change careers. You know, every five years because I get bored myself. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it it helps out. You know, it keeps uh, keeps new challenges, and each organization brings their own breath of fresh air. And you know, um, also uh, I just love what I do. It you know, it is my basketball arena. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was fortunate to play collegiate basketball, high school basketball, and try out professionally. Uh, when I closed, when I didn't make it professionally, I immersed myself in technology, and that became my my basketball arena where I can, you know, engage, meet new folks, um, come up with different solutions, and provide you know the story as you know a kid coming from the South Side of Chicago now into IT, you know, telling them you know hey you can make it, you know, don't give up on your dreams, you know it. it you know, it can be doable. You just have to work at it, be dedicated, and be very consistent in making your dream, you know, come true. One, one thing I find as well as a uh, as a former athlete is that uh, your the team aspect is an attribute that that you bring to uh, the workplace. How how do you apply that at WellPoint um, as an IT business systems analyst? Well, pretty much what, how, how I applied that is, uh, you know, uh, just to give you a little background, um, about 95% of the, of the uh, workers are virtual, so therefore a lot of skills have to be uh, tapped into. Uh, I have to effectively listen, you know, as opposed to seeing someone and pretty much, you know, try to gauge how that person is sounding and feeling in order to say, okay, you know, maybe they need a little pep up, uh, you know, uh, say, hey, yeah, we can do this. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we, we might ran into a little snag, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And then truly, you know, just letting, you know, having everybody have their their niche. You know, you know, I might be good at something, and then, you know, Sally or Sue or Jim might be good at another another thing and just play off of that. And that way now whatever project we're on, we go to their strengths. I don't. I don't believe in weaknesses. I believe in capitalizing on those particular opportunities and moving forward. You know, we, we're in our society. We always say that. You know, okay, what is your weakness? You know, yeah, we might have some weaknesses, but why highlight those? Highlight those. Highlight their strengths and play on those strengths in order for you to effectively deliver whatever you're trying to achieve. Okay, so highlight the. Uh Strengths and then, and then play off of those. Uh, that's that's really good advice uh, for, for for those to look at the challenges that they face and then to really accentuate. Cause we do have as a culture have a um, tendency to really look at the um, the weaknesses and and then sound on those as opposed to those positives uh, and, the, and the strengths. It's interesting because I, I saw a TED Talk, uh, watched a TED Talk earlier uh, today. Uh, with regards to really looking at one, the energy that's involved in the positive, and, and moving away from negative energy, and then how that's a life changer, um, and you want to share share that in, in your team of folks uh, with looking at the strengths and then playing off of that. Uh, when we look at your role as uh, in the regional system for BDPA, uh, tell us about the structure uh, of the BDPA regional system. So you know the the regional structure is uh, is still kind of new. 
Um, it's been in, a, in existence for a, a couple of years now. And the reason why it came about is to give a streamlined communication to, in the, to the chapters of those particular regions. So we have the South region, we have the West region, we have the Northeast okay. region, and we have the Midwest. And those are broken up geographically by states. Uh, so within the Midwest, uh, we have roughly about 11 chapters. And um, um, out of uh, the 11 chapters, all of them are activated except one that uh, Michael and I are trying to um, get standing up probably in Q1 of 2015. And another good bright spot is that uh, we have uh, Omaha, Nebraska that will potentially be part of our region as well that we're about to stand up. So that will give us 12 strong chapters that are going to be active and vibrant. So, you know, Mike and I are kind of excited, you know. You know, that's we're Batman and Robin, you know. We we don't take we don't we don't care who's Batman or who's Robin. We just get the job done. Get the job done. Okay. Absolutely. So, so, so you, you've had some successes, and quite a few there, as we've heard. Uh, what two lessons uh, would you uh, like to share with our BDPA tech, uh, or share about the BDPA 2014 Technology Conference? I guess the two lessons uh, that, that you know from the 2014, I, I believe, is that um, one, everything evolves around communication. So, in order to be successful. Uh, in a conference, you have to communicate with one another in order to make sure that uh, as leaders, everyone's on the same page, and that goes from the national president to the actual contributor um, in the booth that uh, that is helping us out. The other one is to, um, you know, make sure you always continue to uh, show a united front, no matter what happens in the boardroom as leaders. That does not never, never at no time leave that particular room. You always continue to stay in a harmonious front so that way now everyone that's on the outside looking in will say that those individ- those ladies and gentlemen are, are on one accord and show strength and unity uh, as they come out of the boardroom, as they capitalize on various decisions that they need to make. Oh, excellent. Now, now one of the things I wanted to to spinoff of when you spoke about the BDPA regional system as well uh, are are your future plans for the BDPA Midwest region. You did mention about Omaha coming online um, in in, uh, uh, I think you said quarter one the first first three months of the year. Yeah, pretty much where Michael has been uh, immersely engaged with with that, uh, with the individual so we're trying to, you know, get them up and, and rolling and um, we have another one, um, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, that we're going to try to get standing up uh, somewhere in Q1 2014, 2015. Um, so that way now uh, our whole goal objective is to, to have all active, you know, chapters within the Midwest. So that way, you know, we can continue to be uh, the strongest region with the largest membership. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, so it's pretty competitive uh, nationally throughout BDPA. Uh, so in saying that, that's 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 a big statement there. Oh, absolutely. You know, that, and and what what makes it very unique about this particular um, national leadership team is that we play hard, we work hard, and we all have one objective in mind. You know, even though it's you know uh, it is a healthy. 
uh, camaraderie. We all keep the we always keep the mission and the vision statement abreast, so that way we all are you know we can achieve the same thing. Because at the end of the day, uh, it's all one BDPA, and we're trying to grow our membership, so that way one day our illustrious, you know, our illustrious founder Earl Pace Jr. can say that you know I I feel good by turning the mantle on to the next leadership group to carry forth my vision that I that I that I set forth. Oh, right. that's, that's great. Uh, in reference to bringing online uh, to to uh, to other cities, to other chapters. Um, in, in our remaining time, uh, share with our audience one final thought uh, with regards to uh, your role uh, with BDPA. I guess the final thought that I have about BDPA and my role is that you know, um, Mike and I are always gonna you know we're gonna continue our, our leadership role, but. You know, there's all at some given time we're always looking for those uh, to succeed us. So you know, if you have any type of interest in BDPA technology, I would say come on out and you know be a part. Um, it's fun. You'll you'll learn a lot. You get able to um, grow in a in a leadership role, and you can also capitalize that within your corporate environment. So that way, now you know you can. Uh, have those opportunities to grow in your career and move up in uh, corporate ranks. Okay, great. So becoming involved in BDPA, being able to share the camaraderie, uh, the professionalism, and it enhances your ability to grow in your career and move up in the corporate ranks. So I'd like to thank you this evening, Eric, uh, for sharing with us. Uh, And again, uh, I'd like to uh, thank Thank you for uh, sharing with us your uh, the, your view on BDPA's Midwest region, the future plan, uh, and, and your career um, outlook. It's been helpful for our audience and listening in, and just and in seeing that one can actually uh, gain expertise and experience uh, with a variety of uh, of uh, as employers and vendors as one positions themselves in their careers and move up the ladder. So thanks again, Eric, our Midwest Region Director and National uh, BDPA. Thank you, sir. Okay, I want to shift gears here to uh, Tim. You still there? Right here. Okay, so uh, what's uh, some of the uh, some things you might want to share this evening, Tim, as we transition to our next uh I think it's exceptional how the Midwest has great cohesion between the people there working together, the Batman and Robin routine. That's tremendous energy, and that's great foresight to talk about succession planning, thinking ahead as to who's going to be replacing them as they move along with their careers, and give other people an opportunity to demonstrate uh, innovation and leadership within the organization. So I'm really pleased that we were able to have this cluster from the Midwest today that we could actually speak to some of the strategies and uh, some of the insights and plans there. And it's, and like, it's, it's a good panel between uh, Eric and Mike, and, and we do have Mike on the line, which we would uh, bring him into uh, as one of our guests to interview. And I'm going to share the bio uh, for uh, Michael Wolf, uh, who is the – Vice President of Midwest Region National BDPA. Uh, so I'm going to do the bio at this moment. And, and following the bio, uh, Tim will pick up on the interview. Uh, Michael okay. is BDPA 
Midwest Region Vice President. He recently announced the implementation of BDPA Academy. BDPA Academy is a learning management platform that is dedicated to broadening the reach of BDPA tech education out to the kids in the community. The goal is to enroll 100 students in five cities for the program in 2015, then 1,000 students in 2016. Michael will share the plans for the rollout of this brand-new site initiative. Good evening. Very impressive. Mike. Good evening. Good evening. How are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Boy, this is such a lineup tonight. We do have a mighty Midwest sweep. Appreciate you all having us uh, online tonight. We are blessed to have you. So tell me, Mike, in the role where you are now, looking back, how did you first find out about BDPA, and what's kept you engaged? Well, I hate to tell you, I actually, <laughs> this is going to be bad, but I was invited by a coworker back in the late, well, mid to late 80s, and I was an application programmer back in the day. I could code them up. And uh, I actually turned down the first invitation because I was so busy with work. You know, you're in your, you're, you're, you're <laughs> earlier in your career. But uh, I did end up connecting and have, was, you know, gently engaged over the, the years. And I, you know, was able to learn a lot from the Twin, Twin Cities chapters and IT professionals there. But I really got engaged in the early 2000s, about 2003, 2004, when the site's training coordinator, uh, Dr. Monica Herzog, actually uh, went off, got married, and moved out of state. So uh, since that point in time, Kelly Martin and I have been running the Twin Cities Education Program. That is wonderful. So you pulled right in, and uh, you didn't just stick your you didn't just stick your toe in the water. You dived right in after yeah, I, your second pass through. I don't know if I got pushed or, uh, you know, pushed or uh, volunteered, but I was really enjoying dropping uh, our two boys off at uh, BDPA and then heading over to Home Depot and Best Buy and, oops, maybe I shouldn't name the corporation, but, you know, I was doing those guy things, those daddy things I had to do on Saturday morning. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, i got to ask then, in terms of your service, of which you've done multiple roles, what accomplishments, looking back and even looking forward, do you most relate to and are you most proud of? You know, there's just so many. I mean, BDPA is uh, working as a volunteer in the youth education side as well as chapter leadership. There are just many, many things, but I did highlight a couple. Um, one is watching our kids graduate. We had a high succession of graduates, and when you hear – uh, one of our students comes out of either high school and in one particular case out of college and steps into a major Fortune 100 corporation and makes $65,000 a year merely right. because they follow the, the BDPA application development uh, training program that happens across all 46 chapters in the United States. That's one. And I think um, two is really the, the program that we built uh, in the Twin Cities and how we're able to uh, get an opportunity as professionals and as adults. Uh, many times we don't get a chance to um, to be developed ourselves, and we're able to share. But through that sharing, we actually learn so much about ourselves, our abilities, our skills, and leadership, uh, so right. much so that it keeps the passion going. 
It is definitely a cyclical thing. I agree with you. So in the responsibilities that you have and with that passion and the fire going, help me understand some of the key responsibilities that you have and help differentiate that from some of the things that Eric does. I'll build upon what Eric said, and I think the primary duty for the vice president is to serve as the liaison between, uh, as Eric does, like you said, we're more or less Batman and Robin. We share in the duties, um, but we serve as a liaison to the national Mm -hmm. board as a conduit out to the chapters and the chapter officers. You know, our primary points of contact oftentimes are chapter presidents. Um, Our second, you know, objective for uh, vice president is really, looking at the chapter's leadership development, looking for opportunities. Certainly, uh, I'd be in no position to say that uh, I can uh, certainly, you know, offer more than a chapter president. We just have, we have some incredible leaders at each of the, the 12 cities that we have chapters in right now. In many cases, I learn a lot from them, but my duty is to share the BDPA vision, any new bylaw changes, any other uh, rules, regulations, or opportunities for marketing or membership growth with the chapters. Um, and then on with that is leadership development. Uh, for example, we hosted a regional uh, leadership development conference this past March, and we're going to have our next leadership conference on March 20th and 21st in Chicago. So save the day for 2015. Uh, we're going to be asking all of our chapter presidents and officers uh uh, to make you know pilgrimage to Chicago, and we promised them a very good time and a very educational time. Um, the last couple of duties are really more administrative. You know, we uh, we have to do reporting. We look at membership statistics and uh, corporate sales and sponsorship, as well as all those other duties. But I think one of the most exciting parts of my duties, as Eric mentioned, is new chapter development. Um, yep. We've begun. You know, we're looking at Fort Wayne, which was a previous chapter. We've had chapters in Kansas City. We're, we're very deep looking at Kansas City, um, Des Moines, Iowa, as well as uh, Omaha, as Eric mentioned, is a recent development. But I'd encourage anybody listening tonight or any of the members that uh, have connections to those cities, please let me know. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm everywhere on social media. So uh, feel free to send me a note. Excellent. Excellent. Given that you have your feet in both the development of the adult faction, as well as the Sites Initiative. I'd like to know a little bit more about the brand new Sites Initiative and how you plan on implementing, rolling that out. Well, the new Sites Initiative that uh, we're rolling out is called BDPA Academy. It's actually, the domain name is bdpa.academy. It's a brand new domain naming structure. And really the purpose of the academy is to fill a void or fill a gap that uh, is needed across our 46 chapters as, as a membership services and chapter services to their community. Um, it's a shared learning management system. We're going to host it on a very uh, common platform named Moodle. Um, it's going to be free to all the chapters, and one of our goals is to make it free to the kids. And the gap that we're going to serve is um, typically in the majority of the chapters, uh, we don't have the deep technical volunteer resources to stand up hosting environments and you know if uh, LMS administrators. So we're going to consolidate and centralize that so that the overhead becomes minimal, and we'll be able to provide deep penetration into the communities where normally we'd focus in on training what we call the high school computer competition kids, 
and maybe a few other kids, but BDP Academy will serve as a pipeline, if you will, in the community, training kids in uh, the basics of web development, in scripting, in a variety of languages. Um, but none of these things are in competition with the HSCC training that goes on. These are more supportive and uh, developmental, if you will, or to use – I'm going to probably trip over this – and you know, it's a feeder organization, if you will, oh, yeah. uh, for – what do you call it, a farm, a farm team? Yeah, farm system, yeah. yep. Yeah, so the basketball term that Ron used with Eric, you know, they're more or less a farm team for that community yep. so that they can broaden uh, broaden their selection for HSCC. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the basics, the incarnation of it. As uh, you stated, as Ron stated in the bio, we, wanted, we actually are going to try to, in 2015, we're going to, based on new projections, we'll probably up that 100 to about 200 to 250 in 2015. And then, of course, 1,000 is a good number in 2016. Um, BDPA Academy will not just serve just students in the long run, but in 2016, um, the way that the curriculum is designed, we're hoping to bring in the non-traditional learners, uh, adults that have come back you know, into education, offer that training as a service by each chapter if that's feasible. Um, and also vets. It's very important that we offer training to vets and, uh, and other folks that uh, would be able to benefit from technology training to use in their um, communities. So um, overall, the academy is designed in such a way where it can be very flexible. It can be delivered on Saturdays. It can be delivered as a midweek program. And uh, just to point out, you know, how it's deployed, uh, right now we have some great volunteers out of Indianapolis, uh, out of Dayton, Ohio, out of um, central Illinois and the Twin Cities. So we've got, you know, four sites already stood up uh, looking to roll out in February. Uh, one right. unique thing about the Twin Cities I just want to add there, Tim, before I go on is um, yeah. within the Twin Cities, we're going to be rolling out to about four or five different locations in the Twin Cities. So it will be a mini uh, pilot uh, to see what the scope and capacity is. So we've, you know, I've really been, getting social media very hard for multiple HTML instructors, but we've got okay. uh, commitments from the Boys and Girls Club. We have the Neighborhood House. Uh, we have a group called the African American Mentors Group, uh, uh, as well as our anchor or base there at Metro State University, where uh, we'll be teaching, I think, 25 to 30 kids uh, in one shot. And they'll all be using BDP Academy Level 1 training. Well, that is exceptional. Just so you know, I mentioned to a peer of mine in your area that we'd be having this chat. So he and some people uh, are going to be nudging you uh, from the uh, National Black MBA in their LOT program. See if they can uh, nice. find out more about it. You're going to have a waiting list, my friend. That'll be awesome. That'll be very awesome. Okay. Good, good, good. And I do, Tim, can I introduce yeah. one other thing is, I really sure. don't want to uh, belabor the topic, but, you know, this thing is an incredible effort, and there's at least a dozen people right now across the United States and in the Twin Cities and whatnot that, are, that make up the Academy team. I cannot mention them all because, you know, I can take the mic over for 20 minutes, but, you know, I do really want to uh, thank each and every one of them personally for the time and energy that they have put into this to make it happen. So uh, on behalf of... Uh, you know, the BDPA Academy team, we all thank you all very much. That's exceptional. We thank you, and just the impact you're making on the community is a, a lot of thanks 
and it's going to just be ongoing as far as the impact and the ripple effect of the good things going on. Congratulations. Great. Thank you. We're talking about great things. We're talking about great success, and I'm just curious if you could share two lessons that you've learned over your career and your BDPA career that you'd like to share with the BDPA iRadio audience. Well, the first lesson is, you know, never stop learning. It shows your flexibility, your adaptability, you know, humility, being humble. But it also is something that uh, we've infused into BDP Academy is this is a lifelong learning. Uh, you know, you're, as long as you live, you should be learning and adjusting and adapting. Um, the, second, the second key fundamental is, um, and I guess I can summarize by saying see beyond the smoke. Um, with that particular statement, you know, comes vision, values, uh, perseverance, um, you know, not only to just you, but to the society in which we live. There's just so much going on in our society today that uh, some unspeakable things, but uh, this is where the key to lifelong learning and education and how me as a non-sports athlete I'm able to give back as a nerd or as a geek or whatever you want to call it, and I fully accept those labels. But and this is one way, <laughs> one way you can actually, Tim, make a yeah. make a true difference in your community uh, by yeah. joining BDPA and participating in these types of activities. Totally agree. When you become interwoven with the community, and as you mentioned before, impact people early in their lives and help them understand and not be afraid of technology, and you lessen that digital divide, you help people to embrace new ideas, innovation, and technology as a whole. That's tremendous. My friend, in our remaining minute, one final thought for our BDPA iRadio audience. Well, as Eric has mentioned a little bit about BDPA, but I guess I'd end with um, BDPA is truly – a powerful organization. From the perspective, it's made up of all volunteers. Everybody gives of their heart. They give of their time. Um, they're very passionate about what they do and giving back. You know, it's filled with IT professionals, entrepreneurs, students, and executives. You know, as our tagline, you know, basically yeah. summarizes, you know, from the classroom to the boardroom, it does represent all of our people. And um, if you truly want to make a difference in your community, you should consider joining BDPA today at www.bdpa.org. My man, I love it. Excellent final thought and excellent motivation for the full community. Please pass it on, everyone. Join the organization. Learn about what we're doing. Check out the website. Fran, we hand it back over to you. Hey, Ron, well, thank, thank you. Wow, this Fabulous. I mean, lots of great information. Um, Ron and Tim, I want to thank you for being co-hosts. The exchange that you bring to the show is really very powerful. I also want to thank our guest. Our very first guest was Dr. Tyra Oldham, Chief Executive Officer of LAN SDF, an entrepreneur, a BDPA leader, and a person that's making an impact in the corporate and the community community. Our second guest, Eric Dorch, Midwest Region Director of National BDPA, and our third guest, Michael Wolf, 
Vice President of Midwest Region National BDPA um, now and for the future, at least the short-term future, known as Batman and Robin or Robin and Batman, <laughs> depending on who you ask. So BDPA right, has information, has humor, has connections, has innovation, has technology, has opportunities for leadership and volunteerism. BDPA truly is a place where you can go from the classroom to the boardroom, where you can impact the community and uh, really be a leader. So it's very exciting to be part of this organization. Several of our guests mentioned their lifelong commitment to BDPA. And as we enter into the holiday season, I want to encourage our listeners to consider not only becoming a member, giving membership as a gift, um, sponsoring members, college students, and also if you have been a member for a period of time, considering uh, becoming a life member. BDPA's national conference is coming up in August of 2015, and we have one remaining show this year, and that show will be the fourth Tuesday of the month, which will be December, checking my calendar, 23rd, just to make sure I don't misspeak, and um, we will have a number of guests. So I want to thank you again for listening to BDPA iRadio. You can find us on the web at www.blogtalkradio/bdpa. Thank you and have a great evening. Happy holidays everyone. BDPA I Radio, linking business, education and technology. The BDPA I Radio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.